0: Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius again. We are going through the epistle of Peter, 1st Peter. We are now in chapter 5. And I pray that the Lord will give you understanding as you take your Bible, open to 1st Peter chapter 5 and read along. And as we read, I will pause and give some exhortation or refer to some other Bible verses to make it clear. 1st Peter chapter 5, here is from verse 1. Now, Apostle Peter here is going to be addressing the elders in the body of Christ. This letter now directed to the elders and all of us that are leaders in the body of Christ. Verse one. The elders which are among you I exhort, who are also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. So he's talking to the elders and I remember, I am not exhorting you, I am also an elder. And I'm a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And I'm a partaker of the glory that we are talking, that is coming. So that's how he's saying, listen to what I have to say. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Verse 2. That's our charge. God has put us as teachers. Keep teaching. When you teach, you are feeding the believers that are listening, that are hearing. He say food. Our The word of God we are preaching to you, we are teaching today. Because you are going through the Bible, this is the food for your soul and for your spirit. If somebody is not eating regular with a good nourishment, you will not be strong and healthy. The same way, if you are not nourishing your spirit with healthy food or the word of God, your spirit will not grow. So this teaching is very important for you to grow by. And that's what he is, he, he is trying to make us with elders and teachers that God has put in his body that feed the flock of God, which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for a fitting looker but of a ready mind. That is, do it readily. So we are doing it not for gain of money that they can contribute money for us, no. But do it because we are serving the Lord. We are serving the Lord by preaching the gospel to them. By teaching this world, in the, whether in the church or in the radio or wherever we are presenting, it is to build the body of Christ. It is to feed the spirit of the believers. And that's why I feed the flock of God. We are feeding you if you learn if you hear this thing, know that you grow better. You may not see So like you fool when you eat somebody or say, "When well, I ate something yesterday. No, I feel get better. It's not that of yesterday I just make you feel better. It's just add to what has already been you. But if you keep feeding on that, you get better and better. That's true. The same way, the word of God, you may get this one today. Don't say that. So you get another one tomorrow. You are to get better and better as you feed daily and daily. One time shot is not good enough. You've got to eat daily. You say, Well, I eat rice. Yesterday, I don't need to eat rice anymore. No, you have to keep eating as often as you eat it, you get better and better, you get better. And better. The Same way with the word of God, you have to feed daily on the word. Praise the Lord. Now he said, Not with not we that are teaching, we that are elders. He said, Do it willingly. Not with uh, desire for for recognition, not for desire for filthy lucre, uh, gain, money, money to gain as filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither has been lords so over God's estate. Don't try to lord yourself over them, but being examples of the flock. That's what the Bible says. We are all brethren. No one should lord it over the other brother or the other member of the congregation. We are brethren. But when you are the pastor. yeah, does not you you be the dictator. Or you are the board of directors, you don't dictate, you are brethren. You're not lording over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the sheep shepherd, I'm reading First Peter chapter 5, I'm in verse 4. And when the sheep shepherd, that's our Lord Jesus Christ, the sheep shepherd, shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. We are all serving the Lord, and the sheep shepherd will appear very soon. And we are like the Lord gave a parable of a man, a householder that went on a far journey and then he gave talents more like responsibility to his servants. And Someone he gave 10 pounds or five pounds, one he give two pounds to another one, he gave one pound or talent. He's occupied till I come. And the one that has five talents went and traded with it and make more, five talents more profit. You want to make up two talents, went and traded with it and make two talents more. And the one that has one talent went and eat it. So God gave us that different, different measure that he gave, he said he gave them according as their several abilities also. So you that have one talent, you are the one that should be careful. Because God has already seen your several abilities that you are not going to be able to produce much. That's why well he gave that fellow one talent. He said according to their several abilities. People never realize that. It's not giving to them because he uh, just partial, no. It's so that this one can make more something, he gave himself uh, five talents. The Lord gave me opportunity to be able to be on radio because he know that I'll be able to produce more. That's why he gave me the opportunity, he gave me enough money to even put on the radio. And gave me the enough wisdom to be able to teach what I'm teaching, so that I'm producing more. But see, if you have only given one talent, you better use that one talent. Fitfully. Otherwise, the Bible says when the householder came and he was reckoning with them, the man that made two talents more, he, reward, he still rewarded him. The man that five, made five talents more, God rewarded him also and said, well done, good servant. God was well pleased. The one that has two talents, he said, well, you don't want to, because he couldn't make more than two times two. No, sir. But this one that has one talent was the one that God rebuked, took it away from him, give it to the man that has ten. Why? Because he didn't use it at all. That's the one you that have just one talent. Be careful. Don't go and hide your talent. Do something with what you have. That's what I'm saying. Do something with what you have. And very important that you remember that. So That's why he say, we, Apostle Peter, I digress to that story of Alojishka because it's in line with what Apostle Peter is saying here. That we are serving the Lord. Don't be lord of our, whatever you are doing. The sheep shepherd will come and reward everybody. That's what he's saying in 1st 4. You are a crown of gold that faded not even. So, when the sheep, shepherd, come. When the are come, it's going to reward everyone. He give you five, you make five more, you get grace, praise for him. He gave you two, you make two more, you get praise for him. He gave you just one because you saw so that you are not going to do anything much. And then you didn't do anything at all. He's going to punish you for that, rebuke you for that. That is only really why I'm telling to you guys that are listening. They say, Well, I'm not an evangelist. It doesn't matter what have your hand. I can only send one dollar. Send that one dollar to help. God will bless you for that. Where well, I don't I just if you bury your talent, if all you can do is just tell your neighbor about Christ, then you are doing something. If all you can do is to tell your friend in school about Jesus Christ, that He saves you, save you are doing something. Whatever you are doing, the little you are doing, God is going to reward you. But if you hide it, then He's going to be rebuking you for hiding your talent. Now, first Persian 5, let's go to verse 5 likewise ye younger he has talked to the elders now as teachers that they are to feed the flock of God and to feed the flock of God willingly without looking for gain or not of a ready mind not being lord over God's heritage, but being an example to the flock because the chief shepherd will come and reward everyone according to his work shall be. now he's going to talk to the younger people that are not elders that are not the leaders in the church in verse 5 likewise ye younger Submit yourselves unto the elder. Now he's talking about in the body of Christ. Don't try to be rebellious. Don't try to be rebellious because rebellion is what say rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is used when people that should be submissive to the authority refuse to submit. It comes even in the household of husband and wife. The wife is expected to submit to the husband. When you rebel against that, it's called rebellion. And the apostle. In the book of uh, First Samuel, Samuel, the prophet said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Because rebellion means you want to rule that controlling spirit. You would rather rule this man than the man you are expected to submit to. So that is witchcraft, you call it. And that's why Apostle Peter also is saying, it, you younger, submit yourself unto the elder, and don't be rebellious. And you all elder, don't lord it over the flock. Because you are talking about God's heritage, you are not to lord it over them. Lord over them means you are dictatorial, when you are actually brethren. So that's why to the elder there is exhortation, to the younger there is also exhortation. Don't be rebellious. Submit. Ye, all of you, be subject one to another. Now that's now on the lateral level. All of us be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. I cannot overemphasize that word humility because that is what will rapture us. To make, make us perfect, we must be humble. Say, so be clothed with humility because God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Verse 6 says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. We are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. That is humble yourself, and even when you are dealing with one another, that submit to the elder is humble yourself. Wife, submit to your husband is humbling yourself. Husband loves your wife is humbling yourself before God. Because sometimes the wife may do something that makes you really be angry or mad. It's you love her still because you fear God, you love God. You want to submit to God's word. Submitting to God means submitting to God's word. God said, Love your wife. Oh no, you are going to go to the divorce God and you are not going to love this woman. That means you are not submitting to God's word. So loving your wife as God commanded you, is submitting to God's word and it's fear of God. And then You keep loving her. And you, wife, submit to your husband in subjection, obeying your husband, is submitting to God's word. And then you are not rebellious. That will be called witchcraft if he's rebellious. So that's what I was supposed to say. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Remember, God said of himself, I am the high and lofty God that inhabited eternity. And I dwell with the lowly and the contrite hearts. So God dwell with the lowly and contrary the humble souls. So when we are humble, God will dwell with us. Even though it's high and lofty, but He come and dwell with the lowly and the contrary. And that is why only people that are humble will be having God dwelling with them. And you want to go with God with the Lord in the rapture, you better be humble. Humility is one of the cloaks that we qualify for going away with him, riding on that chariot of fire. Verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 5. Say going further to Exhorting everybody now, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now that's for everybody. Cast your care upon the Lord. Don't he said be anxious for nothing. Is what Apostle Paul in another Bible. It's anxious is anxiety. Uh, what am I going to do? Don't all this fretting that make you to be afraid? I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my job if I don't get the job. Cast your care upon him. He cares for you. Just tell the Lord that, he said, make your request known unto the Lord. Then rest upon him, doing his will and trusting him that he's working it out as you pray. And you also have to do your own part. If you have to seek for a job, seek for a job. But trusting the Lord. Don't panic. That's where the anxiety thing is the panicking. Anxiety is out of the mind. The emotion that makes you not even able to pray anymore, right? Like you are afraid. They say, cast your care upon the Lord and rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him, and God is working it out. Verse 8 of 4th page chapter 5. Be sober. Be vigilant. That's now for everybody to be vigilant. Vigilant of what? Because your adversary, the devil, is the adversary. Not human beings. spirits, Satanic spirit. Satan himself is the enemy that we need to be vigilant about. what, I say as a roaring lion, it's just as a, not a not a lion, it's just behaving like a roaring lion. Walk it about, Seeking whom he may devour. Now that means he cannot devour everybody. That's why he's looking for. Can I devour this one? No. How about this one? No. Just working about. Praise the Lord. <coughs> <coughs> Praise the Lord. You may be working about seeking whom he may devour. This how you resisted. Verse nine. Whom resisted fast in the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We are to resist this devil steadfast. I mean, you don't think I resisted him yesterday and he's back today. You give up. No. Resist him again today. He came back. You resist him again. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give in. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Say, know that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. He's doing it to the old world. And it's going to be doing to the devil to the believers also. But we believers have power to resist him because we have the Holy Spirit in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. The devil in the world that's going about looking for whom we may devour. When we resist him, he said, "I can't devour this one." Move to the next person. So very important that you remember that that he's doing the same affliction to the to your world to you all the unbelievers also are suffering for the same thing. But we have authority and we have power to resist him. Verse ten. By the Great, the God of all grace, who has called us unto the unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, set you. That is how our Apostle Peter was signaling you know, like his signature. See, after we have suffered a while, he, said, he didn't say there will be no suffering. But the God of all grace will make us perfect after we have suffered a while. He will allow some suffering to prove us. To make us perfect, to make us better, then he will make us perfect and establish us and strengthen us and settle us. Verse eleven says, "To him be glory and dominion forever and ever." To God be glory and dominion forever and ever. Now that is the basically the end of that first Peter and uh, the the writer of this epistle is going to put his own signature. That's what you see in verse twelve. Silvanus is the one that, uh, that was perhaps re- re- writing this letter dictated to him by Apostle Peter. So he was writing in verse twelve. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein you stand. So he was getting this epistle that Apostle Peter Paul dictated to him and he wrote it down. And it's time am the one I know this he said is this is this is the true grace of God where you stand. This is the free gift that God has given to us. Hold it firm. It's just seconding what Peter said. See, this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Now, verse 13 said, The church that is at Babylon elected together with you, saluted you, and so does Marcos, my son. Now. Apostle Peter said the church in Babylon. Now that Babylon could be the city of Babylon in those days. Maybe that was where it was. But the word Babylon could be just symbolizing because many of them in that generation when they were writing this, they have perhaps had the revelation that Babylon the Great was Roman Empire in those generations. That's what they all believe was Rome. Because when they saw in the, in the when you look at the book of Revelation, Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul, Apostle John, that wrote the book of Revelation, he mentioned mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of Alice, was sitting upon a a beast that has seven heads, ten horns. And that seven heads, ten horns was symbolizing the European continent, and all the heads representing governments, or the horns representing nations, governments. And they were interpreting it in that generation, and then they said this woman was the Babylon the Great, and they said that woman was the city, which Apostle John said Babylon the Great was a mystery, but uh, it was interpreted in that book Revelation, Rebe- book of Revelation, chapter seventeen. Go and read chapter seventeen of the book of Revelation, and the angel interpreted that Babylon, the woman that was called Babylon the Great, that that woman was representing a city that was ruling the world then, so it can only be Rome, because Rome was ruling the world then. So if he was writing this from Rome, it could be as well say, I'm writing from Babylon, because this is how they have got all this information that this Rome is Babylon, symbolized as Babylon the Great. Not the Babylon of Nebuchadnezzar that perhaps by that time has been destroyed as a city, because the city of Nebuchadnezzar was destroyed later, mainly by the wars and wars that took over after, after the Grecian Empire. So there, were, there could have been no other city called Babylon in the in Middle East in that time. But Babylon the Great was symbolized in the book of Revelation that Rome was that Babylon the Great. That is, the spirit moved from the old city and moved to this new city. So that's what God is saying. When God says Babylon the Great mystery. He's talking of a spirit that left his former place, went someplace, and then came to another section and set up the same type of idolatry, and that is what it's why it's called mystery Babylon the Great. But Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, he was writing, we believe, from actually from Rome, so that's perhaps why he was saying the church that is at Babylon rather than the city, uh, old city of Babylon, the of Nebuchadnezzar, that perhaps was no more by that time. So he was referring to. To Rome, as the Babylon, where he was writing this letter from, because we know that they were all preaching, they all went to Babylon, uh, to, to Rome, at that time, and that was where actually Apostle Paul was killed. It was Babylon, it was Rome, that's where Apostle Peter was killed during the persecution that came, and that was what he was inviting evangu- to in the earlier verses. Count it now, so there's coming a persecution in chapter 4, verse 12 that there have come the persecution that if we stand for Christ, we particles of Christ's suffering, we are going to reign with him. And then he stamped this letter and said, the church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluted you. So he said, he's writing to everybody else that are not in the group. So Joseph, Cappadocia, all the people, all the people, he's writing this letter to everybody, wherever they are. He called them strangers, everywhere. But now he said, he was in Babylon, the church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluted you. And so that Marcus, my son, so we now know by that last chapter, chapter five of us, first Peter, but I think that Apostle Peter asked a son that was old enough by that time to be going about with him, and he called him Marcus. That was Apostle Peter's son. Not a, not a, not just by, by, by a special son. This one, please read. Really, Natural son, because the way he called and so. doth my son, Marcus, my son. So I believe that he was now grown up, you know, by that time, a teenager or so. He's also a believer and he was following them. And he said, Marcus, my son, also is here. You. Verse 14 said, in chapter, this is the last verse of 1st Peter chapter 5, verse 14, Give it says, Guilty one another, we take keys of charity. That's love. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now that was the the last end of 1st Peter chapter 5, last verse, and what did we learn from these letters of Apostle Peter, I will summarize it, in chapter 1, it talks about we must be holy, and in chapter 2, it says we must submit to the ordinances of men, chapter 3, it talks about two wives to submit to, adorn themselves in like a in as not with a broidered hair but a quiet spirit talk to the husband to love their wives dwell with the wives with knowledge so that your prayers not be not in that as not deal with them as a giving honor as a weaker vessel so that our prayers be not in that like i said prayers being in is not just for the husband only, even the wife's brother treat your husband well, with that honor at bible command or your own prayers will be hindered. believers to believers Treat one another with court, with courtesy and with humility and gentleness, so that our prayers be not that And in verse chapter four, he mentioned he now gave some exhortations. Chapter five, he talked to the elders and and the and the rulers of the church, the teachers. Said, Feed the flock of God, which is what we are doing, in teaching and preaching. Say not with eye, not with not for gain, not for physical gain, physical looker, but it's a ready man. The ready mind. The master is coming. Is the sheep shepherd is going to reward everyone according as your work shall be. That's why I brought in the fact that when the Lord gave that parable, give a parable of servants that were giving ten, five talents, two talents, one talent. They all were to occupy till they come. And when he came back to reckon with them, the one that has five talents went and make more. He said he gave them according to their several abilities. He already knew them before he gave them talents. So God knew you. That's why He gave you the ministry that He gave to you. If He gave you a ministry to be a pastor, God has known that you can handle it. That's why He gave it to you. But then be faithful. And not for filthy and not for making yourself rich. He gave us the ministry of evangelism to go about preaching to the nations of teaching. It's because He saw so that we can handle it. That's why He gave us those many talents. And then we are to be faithful. And not for filthy look to make ourselves rich. No. He gave this one talent because he knew that that's how much he could handle, and he didn't handle it right. He didn't do anything. Then he was punished for that. He was a, a big for that. So, whatever talent God has given to you as a listener, as a believer, you better use it. You say, we well, only have this little. The logical, rep, you know, you remember the story when this guy was in the temple, and the Bible said people were bringing their offering to the treachery in the temple, and the logical rep, stood there and watched. And a widow woman brought just two mites they call it the mite like a penny tiny little penny two of those penny will make a little room two, two of that mine will make a penny that was all that the woman had left but she had the heart to do something for god that's what god matters and she drew all her two pennies or two mites into the offering of god and Jesus guy called Jesus said, look at this woman all these men are putting big money there out of their abundance. He said, This woman, of her penury, she put everything she had left there. God sees the heart that wants to do something, and whatever she had, she did. And then God said, She is blessed. She has put more. Jesus said, That woman has put more than they all. But they are putting out of their abundance. Maybe they are millionaires where they put $1,000 in, in the offering. Where people clap for them oh, $1,000, wow. They see. He has million dollars. But that woman has only one penny left. And he threw the one penny there. That's 100%. And people will say one penny. But Jesus Christ said he put more there because of the heart that he want to give. Because she was doing it out of her penny. And Jesus Christ recognized that. And God was going to bless her on the, on the fold more. She won't go into the lagoon. God's going to say, let her go hungry that day. God is going to make a way. So people just give him some money. Just to help him out, out, out. See, God is looking at your ability and your heart, and that is what He was talking about when He said He gave one five talents. That He saw ability that He could do once He gave a five, and that man did well and made five more, and God praised that man. He gave this one too, because He saw His ability, and that man did with His ability and get two more, and God praised him. But He gave this one one because that was His ability, and He didn't even do anything with that one, and God was not well pleased. That was what was saying. Whatever he has given to you and whatever ability you have, your talent, don't throw it away, don't hide it and say, I don't have anything. Be like that widow woman that the little mighty had, she had a heart to do something with it, and she gave to the Lord and God rewarded her for her. And that. And doesn't mean that God does not make her millionaire the second day. No. But God will reward her, she never lacked. She won't go hungry because she threw away the little mighty had left. So but God is looking at your heart, not what you give. Are you ready to do something for God with whatever you are? And God is going to be looking at that. And that is what we are saying. When the sheep shepherd shall appear, he shall receive everyone that serve him shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. And then Apostle Peter went further and exalted the younger people. Submitted to the elder. And then he went further and he said, Humility, submit one to another and be clothed with humility. I have said that before. I can't emphasize it. Cloak of humility is essential for us. Cloak of humility is essential for anyone that's going to go away with God in the rapture. Because God says, He is the high and lofty God that inhabited eternity. but He dwells with the lowly and contrite hearts. To revive the spirit of the lowly ones. And the contrite ones. So God is saying, You better be clothed with humility. If you want to ride with Him in that trans- in translation, Rapture. Be clothed with humility. And humility starts from, Submitting one to another. We just start from submitting to the word of God. I mentioned the fact that when you submit to the elder, like say younger ones submit to the elder and not be rebellious, then you are being humble before God. Because you are submitting because of the word of God says so. When your, you wives, when you submit to your husband, you, say you be subject to your own husband and not want to control your husband, not be dictatorial, not be rebellious, then you are submitting to the word of God. You have submitted to the word of God before because you submit to the word of God, you are submitting to God the in humility, and you husband, the Bible says. Said-